Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for January 20th, 2021. I'm teaching a series entitled Progress on Purpose because in 2021, we are going to experience new levels in God. But for us to experience those levels, we must be intentional. Dealing with progress on purpose, I told you uh, that we are going to experience, or I was going to teach on laying the foundation for the world, uh, prosperity or leveling up in five areas, uh, spiritually, financially, physically, internally, and externally. I told you that. And then within spiritually, we just finished that out. I, I broke that down into three areas and we covered that. And now as it relates to financially, now this is important because I, I know people do get funny when you talk about money, but this is something that we need to learn. We need to learn to see finances the way that God does. Look at thing, look at everything from not a human point of view, but from God's point of view. So as it relates to finances, there's five things that I'm going to cover. I'm going to cover number one, and I'll do that today, soul prosperity and the answer to poverty. Number two, we'll talk about tithes and offerings. Number three, sowing into, into ministry. That's, that's not tithes and offerings, kingdom projects around the world. Number four, giving to the poor. And then number five, I'll address the purpose of your prosperity. The whole purpose of prosperity is to be a blessing to others in this world and to advance God's kingdom. All right. So today we're covering number one, soul prosperity and the answer to poverty. So what does this mean for you today? And listen, if you're one of those people that doesn't really like, oh man, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to hear anything about money or that kind of thing. Please don't tune me out. Let's just hold on for a minute. Let's just see what the Bible has to say about this. And these next five topics that I cover, I think this is very important for us to see every area of our lives the way that God does, even as it relates to our finances. All right. So number one, part one, I, I broke up. What does this mean for you today? I'm breaking this up into two parts. I'm going to deal with soul prosperity and then the answer to poverty. Two things, right? So part one, soul prosperity. Let me address that first. So what does it mean to prosper in your soul? Look at me. Think about this question. What does it mean to prosper in your soul? So in 3 John 2, the Bible says, the, the apostle John wrote, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well, even as your soul keeps well and prospers. He was saying, I want you to prosper in every way and I want your body, to, you to be physically healthy, but it's only going to happen if you have soul prosperity. So the apostle John is writing, uh, and he's writing to his friend Gaius. Je Jesus spent a lot of time with the disciples, and John was the one, the Bible actually calls him the one that got, that Jesus loved, right? He wrote that about himself, by the way. He was like, I'm Jesus's favorite. But anyway, he spent time with Jesus. He spent time with the Father after Jesus was gone. And really, John knew how to pray in accordance with the Word of God. He knew how to pray the heart of God, right? He understood the heart of God. And so what he was saying is to his friend, he's writing, he says, I want you to prosper in every way. I want your, your body not to burn out. I, I want you to be healthy. I want you to be prosperous in every area of your life. But then he connected it. Interestingly enough, he said, but it's only going to happen to the degree that your soul prospers. It, you will never have total life prosperity in any degree 
where, that you don't have it in your soul first. So prosperity, everything happens on the inside first. You have to see it before you can be it, right? So and whenever, as uh, when you're walking with God as it relates to God, you have to receive something on the inside and see yourself doing it well before God manifests it. Because if you don't have it on the inside before God manifests it on the outside, then the thing that is supposed to be a blessing can be a burden because now you don't know how to handle it. So you have to see it on the inside first. Pastor Bill Winston said that inside of every one of us is what he calls an invisible fence, which dictates how far we can go and, and how far we see ourselves operating in. And this invisible fence is holding us back from God's best. It's holding us back from operating in what seems impossible. Now, if you attempt to go outside of that fence, your subconscious mind pulls you back, right? So as a believer, once you're born again, you have to learn how to kick that fence down and how to say, if God is limitless, then I am, I am limitless. If there's nothing God can't do and God lives inside of me, then there's nothing I can't do. But all of that change has to happen on the inside first. Let me explain and then we'll get into some points. So your soul contains three things. So first of all, there are three parts of you that just like God is a tripartite being, you are a tripartite being. You are a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body for right now, right? So your soul contains your mind, the way you think, your emotions, the way you feel, and your will, the way you make decisions. So your mind, your emotions, your will, that's in your soul. And when you got born again, the key is you got to understand that your soul did not change. The day you were born again, remember, there's three parts of you, spirit, soul, body. The day you got born again, your spirit changed, but your soul did not change. So when you look at it from three perspectives, think of it this way. The, the moment you were born again, your spirit was, past tense, your spirit was changed, right? Instantly. Your soul is being changed progressively and your body will be changed eventually, right? Let me say that again. Your spirit was changed instantly. Your soul is being changed progressively. Your body will be changed eventually. So one glad morning when this world is over, you will fly away and you'll get a brand new body. You'll get a glorified body. So if my spirit was changed, past tense, my body is going to be changed, future tense. So what am I, is my focus now? My focus in my, is my soul. My soul is being changed every day through the word of God. I got to get the word. I have to meditate and medicate on God's word day and night. And it changes the way I think, the way I feel, the way I make decisions. It causes me on the inside to align myself with, with God. I learn how to think and feel and act like God in this world. I learn how to live like Jesus is. I, I, learn, I learn how to see myself the way that God sees me. And all of this happens in my soul. And I will never experience life prosperity to any degree that exceeds my soul prosperity. So I have to get it on the inside first. You got it? All right. So with that in mind, let me give you some things, some points here as it relates to this and we'll move on. So number one, you will never experience godly prosperity, which is not limited to finances. If I say prosperity, don't think money. If you think money, that's not incorrect, but it's way incomplete, right? So prosperity is total life prosperity, but you will never experience total life prosperity if you're not prosperous in your soul. So you... If you're thinking in any given area, if your thinking is not in alignment with God's thinking, then you will never maximize that area of your life. It could be your marriage, your, your fitness, it could be your fellowship, it could be your relationships, it could be your career, your business, whatever. If your thinking and God's thinking are not in alignment, you will never maximize that area of your life. See, number two, right thinking produces right living. 
So divine success always happens on the inside first. It has to happen on the inside first. The measure of success you will experience in life will come as a result of the measure of success that you experience in your soul. It has to happen on the inside before it will manifest on the outside. So number three, you will never routinely go beyond the level of your thinking. Now, every once in a while, somebody might push you to go further, but, but, but once they push you to go further and you realize where you are, your thinking is going to bring you right back, right? So you will never routinely go beyond the level of your thinking. You may venture out from time to time, but you're going to be you're going to be pulled back. So if you really want to operate on new levels in 2021, God is saying new levels. What I'm saying is you got to prosper in your soul because if you don't, then God is going to push you into a new level and you're going to wake up one morning and say, hey, what am I doing here? And you're going to go right back to the old stuff because your, your thinking has not changed. So you have to be like, no, I'm comfortable in this new level. God is pushing me to a new level. Ugh. I don't feel comfortable here. Let me renew my mind. I renew my mind. Okay, this is now my new state. This is now my new normal. Father, I walk in this new level. Okay, fine. Then he pushes you to another level. Then he pushes you to another level. But un unless you renew your mind, you will never accept the new levels that God has for you. Number four, to maximize your divine purpose and potential in life, to become the man, the woman that God called you to be, you must see yourself as that person first. So you have to see, if you can't see it, you will never be it. If you can't see it, you can't have it. You have to see yourself as that person first, which is why before I talk about tithes and offerings and all of that, I'm talking about soul prosperity. Number five, the prosperous soul believes in God's limitless power, right? The prosperous soul is, is dreaming God-sized dreams. The, the prosperous soul doesn't see limits because God is a God of no limits. The prosperous soul believes the impossible, but, but the prosperous soul can see the invisible. Glory to God, right? So when you have a prosperous soul, when God is telling you something and showing you something, even though it's something you've never done before, even though it's something that exceeds, God is telling you to fund the project you don't have money for, right? God is telling you to operate on a level you don't have the education for. God is telling you to, God is pushing you into area and you're like, oh my God, it far exceeds, it is exceedingly, abundantly, above even what I can ask or think or even imagine. But a prosperous soul says, hey, God, if you're down, I'm down for whatever, you know? And so, so if that's what you want me to do, then I'm, my life is all about you. If you're leading me to do it, then I'm going to do it. I can't do it in my power, my ability, my strength. But if your grace is on me to do it, I embrace your grace and I know that your super is on my natural and I can get it done because I'm not the one doing it. It is you, Father, who live in me. You give me the words and you perform the work. You got it? Number six, don't fool yourself. Now, let me contrast what I just said with some people that fool themselves. There's some people that think that they did it. <laughs> don't fool yourself into thinking that you are succeeding on your own. There's some people that say, hold on, Rick. Yeah, I know I, I, when I said good message, you said to God be the glory, but you're the one that preached. You're the one that prepared. You're the one that studied. You're, you got to take some credit. No, I'm not taking no credit because whatever I am, I am by the grace of God. Paul said, listen, it's the grace of God. He said, whatever, I worked harder than all the other apostles, Paul said. Then he thought about it. He said, but then again, it wasn't even me. It was the grace of God in me. Listen, whatever you do is still the grace of God. Whatever you said, well, I did this and I did that. Don't fool yourself into thinking that is you. It's still the grace of God. Every... The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. That's James 1 and 17. You have to acknowledge God. Thank God for his grace. And, and then if you live this way, you're like, okay, now 
I realize that it's not really me anyway. Everything that God does through me is still him. It's the grace of God. Now you're in a position to operate in, in levels and realms and ways that far exceeds anything you ever imagined. Why? Because at that point, you're not the one doing it. It's God doing it through you. Number seven, the prosperous soul loves God, not money. So, so, so you don't love money. You don't have a, you don't have a wrong relationship with money. You love God. You don't love money. You love God. You give God first place. But watch this. If you give God first place, he will, he will see to it that you receive all the, the resources, the heavenly resources that you need to accomplish his will in this world. Uh, uh, Matthew 6 and 33 basically was like, hey, make sure your priorities are straight. Jesus said, um, put ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. He's saying like, if you put God first and you're pursuing God and not pursuing money and not, you're pursuing God and not pursuing things, then God can see to it that because you're pursuing God and not pursuing stuff, that stuff will pursue you. God can see to it that things will track you down. Opportunities will go out of their way to find you. If you own a business, contracts are looking for you. Why? Because you put God first. You didn't put money first. You put God first. You're honoring God. And because you're honoring God, then God has a way of making sure that stuff will track you down. In uh, 1 Timothy 6, verses 9 and 10, Paul said this. He said, listen, let me give you a warning. He said, people who long to be rich, they fall into the temptation of money and they are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, not money, but loving it. Having a wrong relationship with money is evil. And he says, and some people craving money have wandered from the truth and they have pierced themselves, and now they're living in sorrow. Why? Because they have a wrong relationship with money. Number eight, Paul went on to say, though, in that same passage, 1 Timothy. I just read for you uh, 1 Timothy 6, 9 and 10. Now I'm going to read 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18. He went on to say, now teach those who are rich in this world, people that have a lot of money, teach them not to be proud, not to trust in their money because money is unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all things to enjoy. God wants us to enjoy stuff. Don't have stuff and then be guilty about it. No, I, I don't love my car, but I enjoy my car. I don't love this house, but I enjoy this house. God gives us all things richly to enjoy. Tell them to use their money to do good and they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need and always be ready to share, always be ready to be a blessing. So notice that the Bible doesn't say money is bad, get rid of money. No, the problem comes when you have a wrong relationship with money. Paul was saying, if you have money, teach the people that have money to do, to do something good with it, to, to fund kingdom projects all over the world, to advance God's kingdom. To, the kingdom of God has to advance and to get things done in this world, we need money. You don't believe me? Number nine, last thing here, uh, Ecclesiastes 10 and 9 says, Solomon said, money answers all things. In this world, in the earth, you need money to do stuff. So don't act like you don't need money. You need money to do stuff. Having money is not bad. The problem comes when money has you. So look at me. Having money is not evil. Matter of fact, not having money, that's evil. If you've never been broke, I know what it's like to be broke. So not having money, that's evil. Having money is not bad. It's bad when money has you. Money is an excellent servant. Money is a poor master. Don't let money master you, but you can master money when you have a right relationship with it. I'm going to be dealing on this. All right, number two, uh, part two, and I got to close this out. I know, I know, I know, I know, I got it. So part two for today, and then I'm going to release you. 
is his Jesus's answer to poverty. Let me give you the answer to poverty and then I'll release you into this day. So the real answer to poverty is not money. If you think about it, Jesus never gave anybody any money. People came up to Jesus who needed. Jesus never said, here's $5, you know? <laughs> no, Jesus never gave anybody any money. So in Luke chapter seven, here we see Jesus's answer to poverty. John the Baptist, Jesus's cousin, sends one of his disciples. John the Baptist was in jail. He said something he shouldn't have said. He wound up in jail. He was going to be killed. He was upset because he thought Jesus should have came and got him out of jail. He, he thought Jesus should have came and said, walls open and, psh, you know, whatever. And Jesus didn't do it. And so he was upset. He was like, well, go ask my cousin, are you the one or should we look for another? Now, this is a dumb question. You know, he's the one. You, you said out of your own mouth, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. You know, anyway, he knew he was the one. He just spoke out of frustration. But I like Jesus' answer. He says, now, this, go back and tell my cousin this. He says, you go tell him what you've seen and what you heard. Tell him the blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. So let me, get, let me break this down as we close. Jesus said this. Here's the answer. Jesus was the answer. Jesus was the answer walking around. He was the answer to everything. And so Jesus was saying, hey, tell my cousin that I am the answer to those who are lame. And, and what's the answer? If you're lame, boom, I give you the ability to walk. Jesus, go tell my cousin I'm the answer to leprosy. What's the answer? If you're a leper, boom, I give you new skin. Tell your cousin I'm the answer to being deaf. What's the answer to being deaf? Boom, ears are open. You see what I'm saying? I'm the answer to, to death. What's the answer? Resurrection life. And then he said, now, now tell my cousin for the poor. So if you were lame, I gave you walk. If you were blind, I gave you sight. If you were deaf, I gave you hearing. If you, you see, oh, if you were dead, I gave you life. Okay, but if you're poor, what did I give you? I didn't give you money. If you were poor, I gave you the word. He said to the poor, I give them the word. I put the word down inside of the poor because the answer to being deaf is hearing. The answer to, to blindness is sight. The answer to being poor is the word of God. I got to get you the word of God down inside of you. If I can get the word, that's what I'm talking about, total life prosperity. If I can get the word down inside of you, you will walk out of poverty. One day you're going to wake up and say, I can't be poor no more. You're going to wake up and say, this is not the will of God. You're going to look in the mirror and say, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. This is not the will of God for me to be struggling. It is not the will of God for me to live this way. Father, what do you want me to do? Give me uh, insight, wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and understanding. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do whatever you lead me to do. And God will lead you out of poverty. He will lead you to have more than enough so that you can be in a position to be a blessing to other people and fund kingdom projects all over the world. Say amen to that. All right, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I have a lot more to say about this. Tomorrow, we're going to deal with tithes and offerings. Listen, I know this is something that some people don't like to talk about, but I think it's important. We have to teach about it and we have to see what the word of God has to say. Open up your mouth and say this. Say, Father, I know it's your will for me to prosper. I was not born to fail. I was born to succeed. However, my success can only be found in your divine purpose for my life. So I make a concerted effort to renew my mind so I can think like you. On purpose, I think the way you think. I see myself the way you see me. And I think of my future the way you do. I align my plans with your purpose. 
I take off every limit because you are a limitless God. <laughs> Once I factor you in, I can factor out every limit because there's nothing you can't do. So I pursue my purpose. I don't pursue money. I don't pursue things. I pursue you. And since I pursue you, you can see to it that money and things pursue me. <laughs> I am confident that I will accomplish my divine purpose because I'm not relying on me. I'm relying on you. I am dedicated to you and you are dedicated to me. Living this way, I will level up in 2021 and I boldly declare that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. What I'm about to teach on for the next few days, this is good stuff. So sign up so you can get my notes. Do me a favor. Do me two things. Number one is if this message has been a blessing to you, leave me some comments in the chat. I see a lot going on in the chat and I'll deal with it. I go back and read every one of those comments. So please leave me some comments in the chat. And then number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. Other people need to hear this too. Go into this day determined that you are going to do everything that you can to have a prosperous soul, that you're going to see yourself the way God sees you, that you're going to align your thinking with God's thinking towards you so that you can become the man, the woman that God has called you to be for such a time as this. I love you. God loves you too. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you.